What a game. The Boston Celtics win in overtime. Tatum was awesome. Jalen Brown caught a body. And I'm talking about it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Celtics is free, available on all platforms, including YouTube. Every episode is up at LockdownCeltics.com. I am John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which you can buy everywhere books are sold online and on my website, JohnCorrales.com. For 30 bucks, if you would like, I am coming to you after a wild overtime. Boston Celtics 140 to 129 win, handing the Charlotte Hornets their first loss of the season. So much to get into here. It's just impossible for me to fit it all into one podcast. This is going to be uh, a lot of, there's a lot to talk about here. First of all, I'm going to get into Marcus Smart in the third segment because. I have questions about the Schroeder-Smart pairing, and just Marcus Smart's game in general was, that deserves a segment on its own. The second segment, I want to get into the last shot of regulation, which I asked Ime Odoka about. Jason Tatum with the ball, with Marcus Smart on the side there, Jalen Brown across the court. Why? Why is that the setup? The answer, I asked Ime Odoka that, you get the answer in the second segment. Let's just dive into the meat of this game here. In this first segment, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you. Jason Tatum, MVP level game. This, if you get this Jason Tatum on a regular basis, not every night because he's not gonna score 41 points every night, but if you get this kind of Jason Tatum, then This is an MVP level performance. This is all NBA performance. It's not just that he had 41 points and he hit half of his shots, half of his threes, seven for seven from the free throw line. That's all amazing stuff. But let's say he shot 40%. Still wouldn't change the MVP level type of game that he had. Eight assists, seven rebounds, one block, just two turnovers for Tatum in 41 and a half minutes. The number of touches that he had, only two turnovers is amazing. The fact that down the stretch with about a minute and a half to go, he's throwing a lob to Robert Williams. And then later in the in the overtime, he's throwing a cross-court pass to Jalen Brown for a three. The defense that he played at the end of the game in those passes, that's what I'm talking about when we say, when I say MVP level game. That's what this was from him. He was playing hard on defense. Getting back, there was a, a, a play where he got back to bother. I think it was a Kelly Oubre layup. He 
was boxing out on multiple occasions, letting the Celtics get the rebound and get out and go. Um, he just had every level of his game working. Of course it wasn't perfect. Of course it wasn't perfect. The the last shot, again, which I'll get to in the next segment, was you know problematic. There were a couple of times where he lost his dribble, still, still has problems losing his dribble. That is going to be something that he still needs to tighten up. And this is the beauty of Jason Tatum to me. This is why I think there's so much potential for him. There are obvious things he needs to clean up, yet he still had a game that was just elite. This was an elite game, the best game we've seen, the best overall game we've seen Jason Tatum play in quite a long time. So uh, there will be more time to talk about stuff like this with Tatum, but that was absolutely awesome. The One of his assists went to Jalen Brown, who just absolutely destroyed Miles Bridges. He out Miles Bridges did Miles Bridges. <laughs> That's what Miles always does. Miles has caught multiple bodies and and, and Jalen needed to get up and, and get one himself there. That was a huge play that brought down the house. Um, and first of all, shout out to, to Miles who afterwards tweeted was like, yeah, down three in a, you know, down the stretch. Of course, I'm going to jump for that. Of course I am going to try to, I'm going to try to block that shot. And Jalen was like, yeah, I know if I went up weak, he would have sent it back to Boston. So I had to go up with bad intentions. He literally said bad intentions. That was an amazing quote. Uh, this, this game had so many different things. Jalen, I've never seen a game that a guy dropped 30 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, a block, and get kind of overshadowed. Like Jalen Brown's overall game was like, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, he had 30 and nine and and just filled up the stat sheet. 60% from the field, three of seven from three, that's 40, 43%. Oh, I mean, Jalen was fantastic. Again, Jalen also, there was a stretch there. Things, things kind of cooled off in the fourth quarter. Celtics went down 10. That was not the best stretch for Tatum or Brown. The, a lot of standing around at that point. But this is the other thing about this game. This game is a big character builder. Marcus Smart said it after the game. Last year, they don't win this game. Last year's team doesn't win this game at all. This is a, this is a character building win because this, this team, when they went down 10 and they looked like crap and they absolutely looked like crap at that point. I was sitting there saying like, okay, here we go. Starting to get my post-game stuff written because let you in on a little secret. We start to write our stuff during the game so we can get a jump on things and, and try to get our stories out pretty quick. And so you start to write little notes and maybe start to formulate things. And I was starting to be like, all right, well, this is, this is the a team that's, that's struggling a little bit and they, they're going to need more time. And, and at that point early in the, in the actually midway through the fourth quarter, it was like five and a half minutes to go when they went down 10, they looked so bad. And then, look, uh, a stop, uh, a Jalen Brown layup, um, some some just good overall defense, some good plays, just you know, star players making plays type of thing. You know, you just start to chip away at things. You know, Marcus Smart, O of eight, I think at that point, maybe O of seven at that point, 
catches the ball in the corner and drills a three to cut the thing to five, which, you know, like, of course, Marcus Smart did that. Like, of course, a guy who was struggling like Marcus hits a big shot like that. They just keep, they just kept coming back and coming back and, and Smart kept making those plays. Again, I'm going to talk more about Smart in the third segment. So, but the resilience here from this team, that was, that was very impressive. One of the things I come away from this game is that resilience to come back and win this game. Remember, Charlotte was undefeated coming into this game. They were 3-0. and They were feeling themselves. They've got talent. They are young. They are fast. They play fast. They get up-tempo. LaMelo Ball, at, in, it seems like in every game, throws like a touchdown pass from underneath his basket for a layup. That is a tough team, and the Celtics are not a fast team yet. They're starting to learn. They're starting to get there. Boston matched Charlotte. They they struggled at times, but they came back, and they matched Charlotte. They matched that speed. They matched that intensity. And then in the fourth quarter, they flipped it and started to dictate the terms of this game. They started to press, and they like actual full-court press, not like press like rush or force things. They ramped up their defense. Smart and Schroeder worked pretty well defensively, and they turned this thing around. Robert Williams, fantastic. 12 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, another backdoor dime, absolute dime to Jalen Brown. Another transition, patient pass to Juancho Hernan Gomez, who was ugh, terrible. I don't... <laughs> Side note, I know I'm the guy that advocated for the Wancho Hernan Gomez flyer. I'm starting to think that that's not going to work out. It's early, and maybe things will change. But right now, not looking good for Wancho. Um, but Rob, two great passes there to, uh, of his four assists. Kicked it out for a couple of threes there. Three more blocks. He's now, I guess, the uh, I think he's the league leader in block shots in both total and average per game. So three block shots per game. We'll take it. Thank you, Robert Williams. Uh, he he was just he was just really good. Does raise a question. Al Horford wasn't there, and then Rob has his best game of the season. We'll have to dive into that a little bit more. Something to look at as far as how he and Horford fit. The fit between him and and Horford. We talk a lot about the double bigs. This is a, a work in progress. Maybe maybe there's something there. I don't know. But without Horford there who was out with a left, they call it an adductor strain. It was basically a strained groin. So Rob steps up and, and really, really plays well in Horford's absence. Now, Horford's been great, so I'm not trying to start anything there or say anything, but it does raise some questions, right? That what's the best way to use Rob? Do you need to play him on his own more often? How, how does this work? So that's... That's uh, a question at the very least. Uh, hey, shout out to Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker came in early on. The Celtics were cold at the beginning of this game. Jabari, 4 of 4, 11 points early on in the first quarter. They needed that. He was only 1 for 4 with 2 points the rest of the way. And that's a very Jabari Parker stat line. You know, one great stretch and one, okay, not so great stretch. Very Jabari Parker, but... They needed that four for four at the beginning when the Celtics were cold and everything was just not hitting and the Celtics were at risk of things falling apart early. He stepped up and, and was huge. 
I love to say that clutch play doesn't have to come in the fourth quarter. That was that was clutch for for the Celtics. For that first quarter, I want to give Jabari the proper due for that first quarter because that the Celtics were not looking great. Tatum started to catch fire later, but they were cold. They were not hitting anything. Parker comes in and just starts drilling three-pointers, finishing at the rim. That helped kind of keep things afloat until everything else caught up, you know, for, for the Celtics. If, if Parker doesn't come in and do what he did in the first quarter, there's no overtime. There's no fourth quarter comeback. There's none of that stuff. Because I think the Celtics go down big early and get run out of the gym. So I don't want to de-emphasize what Jabari Parker did, regardless of his second half and, and whatever, you know, that I, that I brought up. Jabari was a big part early on, kept the Celtics afloat. There's a lot more, um, you know, we'll have to throw, like Schroeder had a decent game shooting. I'll, I'll talk to him, I'll talk about him in conjunction with Marcus Smart uh, in the third segment. Uh, Grant Williams was, was okay, he won a four from three, so he's cooled off, but he was okay in 25 minutes. Not much from Josh Richardson was not, not good. Peyton Pritchard didn't play much, didn't do anything really. Uh, hit one three-pointer. Aaron Neesmith didn't play. That's surprising to me. That's another one where I don't know what's going on with Aaron Neesmith, but that's, I don't know. We'll see. All right. At the end of the fourth quarter, the Celtics had a chance to basically win this game, and it ended up being a Marcus Smart three-pointer that he had to take. And it started a question in my mind. Like, I don't understand how Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't playing off of each other. Why is that not happening? So I asked the coach. His answer is coming up next. First, today's show is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you're borrowing somebody's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love Without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings you live TV, on-demand favorites together like you've never had them before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. Best part, no annual contracts. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thank you again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day going to talk about Marcus Smart in the next segment, that third segment. Why don't you make your second listen of the day, the Locked On NBA podcast. They're talking about all the games, all the big stories in the NBA. I'm one of the co-hosts on Wednesday. We've got rotating hosts on Locked On NBA. So come check me out on Wednesdays. Check everybody out all week long to get much more on the league as a whole. Okay. So at the end of the fourth quarter, the Celtics had a the possession, and a chance to basically win this game. And it didn't go well. (laughs) We'll just put it that way. 
Uh, it didn't go well. In, in essence, what they got out of it was a Marcus Smart missed jumper. And I'm, I'm going to watch and talk this through as this is happening. Now, Jalen Brown is on the other side of the floor, on the opposite corner. There's 30 seconds left. The shot clock has dribbled down to four. Tatum is, is kind of stuck. He's got Hayward. He's got LaMelo Ball. And he's trying to get a shot off. Jalen's got his hand up. He's on the other side like, hey, hello, I'm over here in the corner. Remember me, I'm Jalen Brown. I'm having a good game too. I can hit this shot. Smart is behind Jason Tatum. And I'm thinking, all right, well, Marcus Smart's not having a good game. Shooting-wise, why is Marcus Smart there as the outlet for Jalen for, for Jason Tatum? Where's Jalen Brown? So I asked Ime Odoka, and here's what he said. Hey, Ime, um, down the stretch there at the, at the end of the fourth quarter, when Jason Tatum has the ball and he's working there, what's the thought process behind having Jalen on the opposite corner rather than working with him, with, having Jalen and Jason work together on the final shot? Yeah, well, they have their best defenders most of the time. I mean, not just tonight, but every game, they're going to have their best defenders on those two guys. So we wanted to pick on Ball late in the game there. If if it wasn't Ball, we wanted to uh, put Hayward in it. So those are the guys we were picking on. Uh, we put a lot of small small pick and rolls. Uh, it was either Dennis or Marcus setting it, and we wanted to try to take advantage of the Ball. If we involved Jalen, it would obviously be two of the best guys, probably Bridges, and uh, I don't know who exactly was guarding Jalen at the time, but – our plan was to pick on ball, use our size, and hopefully they helped and we could kick the ball and get some open shots. Okay. That answer, I get it. Makes total sense. You you want to, and, th- and that's the answer. That's the response. I knew that was going to be the response, but it's good to hear a coach actually verbalize it. You don't want your two best players together if you think there's a mismatch. So you if you know that they're switching and you think you can get one of those mismatches on your best player – then let's go for that, which fine. Like I'm not certainly not going to question that logic. That logic makes sense. You want to have Tatum on the weaker defender. Okay. Counterpoint. And this is kind of the back and forth. I wish I could sit down with Udoka for an extended period of time here to talk about this and talk this through because now look, he's an NBA coach and I'm an idiot podcasting from my living room. So he's right and I'm wrong. (laughs) We can just boil it down to that, right? But however, however, there has to be something else. You, you, the bailout option for Jason Tatum cannot be Marcus Smart. And this is the second time in, in, in the first four games that the bailout option was Marcus Smart. And I get, okay, yes, bring over the weaker defender. If you get that switch, now go. Have that guy go. Have Smart go. Don't start Jalen in the corner. Do something else. Can we can we get some weak side action to get Jalen Brown out of that spot? At least if we accept that, okay, Tatum is trying to get the mismatch. We're going to work the mismatch. If we accept that as fact, can't there be a second piece to that that, gives Tatum at least some passing options. This is a tie game here. So the situation's a little bit different. You don't want to risk a turnover. It's the same conversation that we had against the the Knicks, where you don't want to risk the turnover 
because if it's you know it's 122 122 at this point if he makes a move and he's you tr- you got too many things going on and you turn the ball over and you give the Charlotte Hornets a, a run out a, a fast break you lose this in heartbreaking fashion so i understand the desire to isolate however there is also the need to give him at least an option and this option ended up being Marcus Smart catching the ball with two and a half seconds on the shot clock and having to take that shot, a deep three-pointer by the hash mark, there has to be another option. There has to be more to this than just Tatum trying to make a play. Again, let me be clear. I don't mind that Tatum is trying to make a play. I understand the isolation, and Tatum's a great player. We watch Paul Pierce isolate and take guys off the dribble and hit buzzer beaters and celebrate that. So I'm not saying that you don't want to just isolate in that situation. If you're down by two in that same situation, you run a different offense because you're trying to generate some sort of basket. You need that basket. Over here, you can miss and get a stop and say, we're going to force overtime, which is exactly what happened. Smart stole the ball. They forced overtime and they went into overtime and they won it. Fine. I still want an option for Tatum. You've got Jalen Brown on the other side of the floor just kind of waving at people. He's too good to be out there waving. You need to create more of an option. And and I don't want, what I really don't want, is for every last second situation to just be a Tatum isolation. I mean, at the very least, throw Jalen Brown in isolation every once in a while. You know, just say, okay, JB, you, you're the, you're cooking, go. Now, this one, Tatum was cooking. They both kind of were. They combined for 71 points. But I just want a little extra element in that final shot. I want Tatum to turn around and say, okay, I got two guys on me. I trust my teammates. I'm going to turn around and throw it to Marcus Smart. Now, Marcus, as I'm going to get into in the next segment, can make those shots. He hit the shot to, to send it into overtime in New York. He's, he's hit big shots before, even if he's not shooting well. But at the same time, he was one of nine in this game. Why not find the guy who's at least hot? You know what I mean? At least find your other all-star. So I do get, I totally get and accept Emeo Doka's explanation it makes total sense don't drag better defenders into the play take that shot against the weaker but i also don't want jalen brown just sitting there it just doesn't make any sense to me i still i still think there are better ways to do the weak side stuff and have something there up next that marcus smart stuff that i've been talking about in a column that i wrote on boston sports journal marcus just keeps making things interesting for the Celtics. That is coming up next. First, I've got to tell you about Bet Online. It's back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head on over to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Basketball, football, baseball, uh, World Series is, is about to start. Hockey, anything. Favorite Vegas casino games, 
It's all there at BetOnline, so take advantage of the amazing offers available there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Also today, brought to you by RockAuto.com. You know, there's just a ton of different cars out there. Makes, models all over the place. It's, It's impossible for a strip mall chain store to have everything that every car needs. So why risk it? going into one of those places. Why waste your time making a special trip, telling somebody what all the stuff that your car is, when you can just enter that information into the very same kind of computer that you have at home. You have access to the same catalog, in fact, a better catalog at rockauto.com. And it doesn't matter how complicated, how simple, how high-end, how budget-conscious the part is. It's all there. For you to cruise through. So go to rockauto.com, check it out. Whatever your car, truck, SUV, motorcycle, RV, camper, all of that, whatever that needs, go to rockauto.com. If it's wipers or if it's part of uh, your engine, I don't know what the hell is going on in my engine. I'm the wipers guy. I'm the buying the floor mats guy. You can go and be whatever you want at rockauto.com. When you do buy something, make sure you write Locked On in the How Did, they, how did You Hear About Us box. That's how they know we sent you. It's the only way. So please write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast your second listen every day? Josh Lloyd has you covered. He's going to help you win your fantasy league. Trust me, he's the GOAT when it comes to fantasy basketball coverage. So Marcus Smart was huge down the stretch. He was also infuriating with some of the shots that he took, and apparently he was very sick coming into this game, dealing with migraines, literally getting sick before, being dizzy and all that stuff. He still played. Maybe that explains why he was one of nine in this game. Maybe that explains a little bit about his performance, but the the bottom line when it comes to Smart is when it mattered, he performed. He had a straight rip of Gordon Hayward that was ultimately disallowed a basket because of uh, Tatum offensive goaltending. But on top of that, he had several plays where he saw a mismatch. Dennis Schroeder was out there. He scrammed Dennis Schroeder out of there, which basically means the ball is somewhere on the floor. Smart sees that Schroeder has a, a a, a guy, he's defending a guy that's a mismatch. Before the ball can get to Schroeder's guy, Smart switches and kind of neutralizes that mismatch. So that um, that's a, a very aware thing for Smart to do. Obviously, he had that play at the end of regulation where he recognized that they couldn't go into the backcourt at that point, apparently. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the rule is, but they very clearly could not go into the backcourt and Smart just stepped in. Hayward was really trying to get the ball to LaMelo Ball, and he, he, made, he got that steal. So uh, Smart 
ended up being like instrumental to this win. And I think it's it's just another example of smart being smart. And and we're at a point now where smart being smart is just polarizing. Now he and Dennis Schroeder played this game together and and I don't know how much of this is because he played with Schroeder. That's a a, a very um it's an interesting kind of scenario here where with Horford out or Jalen was out, they they just put Schroeder in there and they're playing Schroeder and Smart together. I'm not sure that works. I think offensively it's terrible and that could be part of the problem. Look, you've got Schroeder now as your point guard. Smart moves over to the two, so he's no longer your starting point guard. He's starting out on the wing. And then when you put a guy in that position, people are saying, look, why – why is Marcus Smart shooting as much as he's shooting? Well, you're putting him in a position to be a shooter. You're starting another point guard, and then the ball comes out to him, and he's like, hey, I got this ball, catch and shoot, let's go. So I think it, part of Smart's misses in the past couple of games, he's back in his old spot. And really, I've said this before now a couple of times, he, I talked about him being the starting point guard, and he's not, he's not really the starting point guard. He's, he's the past two games been the starting two guard or the starting whatever guard. Like at this piece back to his old stretch six days. So you're not getting the same things that everything that I thought, everything that I, I tried to say, well, this is what Marcus Smart I think is going to be this season. He hasn't been that really at all. Brown is bringing the ball up. Tatum's bringing the ball up. Schroeder now in the past couple of games has brought the ball up. Smart as the starting point guard kind of non-existent. So that means he's 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 not in a position to do any of the things that I envisioned. So his his game is basically the same. He's handling the ball maybe a touch more. He's passing the ball a little bit more. But here he is again. I see people in the comments on the YouTube section. I see people in the comments at, on Boston Sports Journal. They freaking hate Marcus Smart. They hate Marcus Smart. They want him gone. They want him traded. They want him sent to some team in Russia, if possible. But here he is after this game. Jalen Brown basically stops an answer to say, hey, Marcus Smart had an excellent game tonight, and he deserves credit for that. Robert Williams gushing about Marcus Smart. Ime Odoka gushing about Marcus Smart. His teammates love him. <laughs> and and it's it's Boiling down to the, like, people are picking sides. And I can't tell what side or how many people are on each side because YouTube comments and, and Boston Sports Journal comments and Twitter comments aren't indicative of the entirety of Boston Celtics fandom. There are a lot of you who are listening or are watching who don't comment or aren't even on Twitter or on a, a social media site. There's plenty of you out there who don't do that. In fact, you're, you're the smart ones. So I don't know how much the, the smart haters are just the vocal minority or if they're, I, I can't tell. But the bottom line here is in this game, Marcus Smart at the end was crucial. The defensive plays he was making were crucial at the end. The counter argument is you wouldn't have needed those defensive plays if he was any sort of plus on offense, which, okay, sure. I, I see his shooting numbers. I know what he's shooting. Uh, but at, at the same time, he's otherwise been pretty good. So what do you have to this? Uh, two turnovers. Just two turnovers. 
The Celtics overall had 12 turnovers. So not bad when it comes to the turnovers. He did other things. He had seven points, three steals, five assists, four rebounds. Okay, he missed a bunch of shots. He missed a bunch of shots, all right? I'm not going to deny that he missed a bunch of shots. I see it. But he's also a plus 13, second, second highest on the team. This is pure Marcus Smart. Pure Marcus Smart. Wake up in the morning, be sick. Not sure if he's going to play the game. Come out, shoot like crap for three and a half quarters. Then come out in that last half of the quarter in, in overtime and be absolutely crucial, vital to winning a game. And at the end, when they're playing on Wednesday against Washington, this, this game's in the rear view and you just move on to the next one. I wrote about Marcus Smart and wrote more about it on uh, Boston Sports Journal. If you want to check it out, you can. It's, um, it's an interesting, <laughs> I think uh, the battle lines have been drawn. I'll say that. I, I personally, I, I'm, I'm pro Marcus Smart. I, I, I see, I see him play and I envision me playing and thinking like, yeah, I want, I would love him on my team. Like I would love Marcus Smart. I think of all of the teams I w- I've ever been on. Give me a Marcus Smart type. Give me Marcus Smart. Some variation of Marcus Smart. Put him on my team. We will figure it out. That's how I feel. And I think that's how basketball players feel. And this is what makes the Marcus Smart argument so infuriating to some people. Because they're like, if it, it's, it comes off, and I wrote this in my piece, it comes off as arrogant in a lot of ways for me to say that. Be like, well, I know basketball. And I've been a basketball player. And I like Marcus Smart. And if you don't like it, well, that's on you. That, that, I know how that comes off. I know how it sounds. But at the same time, it's true. It's true that most basketball players will look at what Marcus Smart does on the floor and is like, yeah, give me, give me Marcus on my team. I, I would love to take a Marcus Smart. Can, if, if every team had the option of signing Marcus Smart, they, I think everybody would. I mean, obviously, money depends on it. But every team wants a Marcus Smart type. They do. It ain't going to change when it comes to Marcus, it's just not going to change. This is who he is, and I don't know that he's going to play any different. If his role doesn't actually change, then this is just how Marcus Smart's going to be, which means some of you are going to be really pissed off, some of us are going to be happy, and that's just how it's going to be when it comes to Marcus Smart. We can fight about it in the comments if you want. I don't particularly want to, but I know some of you will make the comments anyway. Please do so. That's fine. I can live with it. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Uh, please uh, share the podcast. Make sure you're telling everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.